Hey, hey! Welcome to Bonus Barrel! with me is Seiji. Hello. Hello. <laughs> How's it going? How's it going, Seiji? It's going well. <laughs> yeah. Here we are recording. This is like a third week in a row. We don't usually do that anymore. I know. It's fun, well, but I've been enjoying it, so. Well, there was a Pokemon Direct. There is three, and everybody already knows this isn't news. This is just us talking about it. So Pokemon Toothbrush thing, because I can't remember. Smile. Pokemon Smile. I, didn't, I couldn't remember the name. Uh, I obviously didn't play it. It's to encourage kids to brush their teeth. Most people I've heard talk about it says it looks cute. So I have no opinion about that. I'm good for it. I'm glad it exists. Uh, the next <laughs> thing was uh, Pokemon Cafe. I don't know. I don't know. It just looked like a puzzle game. I downloaded it yesterday, but then I forgot about it and didn't play it. But I'm, I'm going to play it because I, okay. in general, have liked these Pokemon puzzle games with the with the faces there. Yeah, um, like Troze. Yeah, I shuffle. Yeah, I've enjoyed those a fair bit. Let me know how it is, or let us know how it is. If you message me after you download it, say it's decent. Maybe I'll download it on the old iPad. If it, it, it is on mobile, right? Yeah. What do you yeah. think of the art style? Like it's very, it's very different. I, I kind of like it. I need. I haven't seen an action though, but uh, you know, I'm. I like seeing because Pokemon. There's a lot of different Pokemon's. Like it's like I don't know. It's like it's a multi. It's a multi-genre franchise. I, I like seeing it interpreted in different ways. Like that uh, old school cartoon we saw a few weeks ago or a month ago or whatever. The Pokey Tunes. Like that was fun. It was different. Uh, I like I like that kind of stuff. So yeah, I don't know. Maybe the art style sucks, but but I'm glad they tried something different. So the other, other thing with Pokemon Night, of course. And uh, I'm looking for the trailer. I'm curious to what the like to dislike ratio was on this. Oh, that's the that? uh, Tencent one, right? Yeah, first of all, okay, can you tell me about Tencent? Because I actually have no idea. I don't know anything about them. Uh, Tencent is a Chinese company. Uh, it's a huge like media conglomerate, I think, in in China. And uh, it's basically the biggest company in gaming. Oh, wow. But also, like, in China, they own a bunch of, like, uh, social media platforms, I think. Because you know that in China, uh, they don't have some social media platforms that we have here. So they have their own, um, like, WeChat. And I don't know if you've heard about this. No. I found a really nice oh, list here. So they are full owners of Riot, Riot Games. They have Jeez, League of Legends. They're full owners of Funcom. What, and what are they Fun, Funcom, they have uh, a bunch of games that are MMOs, like Age of Conan, okay. Anarchy Online, oh. Oh, uh, Secret okay. World, this mm. kind of thing. Oh, oh going damn. So they're part owners of a bunch of different companies, Grinding Gear Games, they have Path of Exile. Wow, damn, okay. 84% of Supercell, which have Clash of Clans and Clash Royale mm. and all this. Uh, they have 40% ownership of Epic Games. So they have Fortnite. Wow. Yeah. So they have, they're 20% owners of Marvelous. What, I know that company, but I can't picture the games immediately. What, what do they do? I'm sure I'll recognize games as soon as you Let's mention. see. Something that is newer here. Damon X Machina. Oh. Oh. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Jeez. That was like the newest one that I can found. Like they have PS4 games also. Senran Kagura. Oh, jeez, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, so you know, very Japanese kind of mm. developer there. 
They're part owners of Netmarble. That's huge. Oh, they did uh, Dragon Ball Online. So I, I think you're familiar with that, right? I have never played it, but I do know all about it. Uh, have you heard of Glue Mobile? No. Yeah, Glue is, is a big one. It's kind of like Gameloft. Okay, I have heard of that. Uh, what else? Oh, they have some ownership, a very small amount of Activision Blizzard. The web stretches everywhere. Of Ubisoft also. They have 5% ownership there. So, it's, so they're everywhere. A lot of companies, yeah. They own Miniclip. You remember Miniclip? No, what's that? Oh, it's it's a it's a really old um, web page with flash games. Oh, jeez! Uh, it was really huge <laughs> back in the day. Um, okay. And Plat- Platinum also. Huh. So you can imagine it's like it's huge. Yeah. No. It's... Their money is literally everywhere. And now they have their greedy hands in Pokemon. I just don't understand the rage, you know, because you don't have to play the game. The main Pokemon games aren't going anywhere. Pokemon's everywhere. Like if you don't. Maybe there's a reason to be outraged, and I just don't know what it is. I don't want to be outraged, so no. I, I mean, I like, I don't mind MOBAs. Uh, I like the idea of playing a Pokemon MOBA. I, I'll probably try it out at least. Yeah, if it's good. And it's on your Switch, like, yeah, exactly. Play it on Switch, man. You use those controls and don't don't use and it's crossplay. Like that's that's a thing that people would have wanted. I don't know. I'm not too concerned about it, but I just found it's funny the the overwhelming hate for it immediately. But people will sometimes react that way with, with certain things. So, uh, But anyway, so Pokemon Unite is basically League of Legends uh, Pokemon game. Which makes even more sense now that you tell me Tencent has shares or owns League of Legends or, what, or owns Riot now or whatever. Um, but it looks like it's mobile and Switch. And you know, you, you have your team of Pokemon and they love... It's, it's League of Legends. I don't know how else to say it. Um, and But people were pissed. I don't know what they were expecting. Like, I don't even want them to announce the next main series yet it's still too soon we haven't even got all the dlc for the current one and and frankly unless they do a big ass change i don't really care about the next main pokemon right now like i don't have a niche for it. i'm still playing sword and shield and uh i don't really like you know i was thinking about a pokemon okay this is a tangent uh but you know i was thinking yesterday or the day before I, I may have been high but i had this idea for a pokemon game that i thought would be rad i have two two ideas for it one you make two characters you make a parent and a child and then you play then you're you're venturing with both that would be pretty cool uh a parent and, and a child like a human character trainer yeah 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 because look i don't always want to play a kid they should realize that like half the generation half the people playing pokemon are adults people who a still like it or b have kids who also like it agree i think it'd be, be rad to be able to make two characters you know like oh you get to play as a parent character you could do a whole little mini story of, of like you know parental bonding or some shit uh that would be cool uh, i don't even have a kid but i think it'd be fun to play as a trainer and and have one the other idea would be another cool idea i thought would be fun for pokemon game is if they did a time skip like halfway through where your kid you start off as a kid but then you age like 10 years or something yeah uh that'd be fun i don't know i just want to do some more wild shit with pokemon i love pokemon and i like sword and shield a lot but sword and shield was just largely more just it was just pokemon but with a slightly better system and definitely better presentation yeah i i'd like something crazy in a mainline pokemon in the meantime i rather just keep seeing new games come out like a pokemon snap sequel and and other Pokemon type games, like I wouldn't love a Pokemon Coliseum sequel or something. <laughs> yeah. uh, any at this point, like yeah, I don't know. I just, I guess I've pl- I've played every 
mainline Pokemon and most of the spinoffs. And I could say that, you know, the main series hasn't changed that all that much, really. It's definitely better, but I don't know. I don't get the sense of wonder I used to. I mean, I'm just too old, but I don't think so, because I see other people complaining about this shit, too. I just think they should do something a little different, you know? They're, they're too afraid to try anything different. You're always a kid leaving home. The only time I could think they deviated from that even a little bit was in, in my least favorite Pokemon, which was uh, Ruby and Sapphire, when at least you're, you're moving with your parents to a new land and your father is a gym leader. That was cool. That we'll was different. That one. Yeah, well, that's the most unique thing I can think of when it comes to Ruby and Sapphire. And I'm not a big fan, yeah. honestly. We'll actually talk about this during the topic. Um, but, uh, you know, some of the series, they, they go through different processes. It's like one might be of a refinement where it starts as imperfect and then it goes on and gets like to a certain point where it defines itself as a, as a series. And in the case of Pokemon, I, I think that early on they had this refinement process. I would say up to like the fourth generation, which is where they did a bunch of changes to the systems. But ever since... Like, it felt like what they've added, it's not so much to fix the stuff that is there and more to just to have a gimmick, you know? Yeah, each game has its own gimmick, and then fans get mad when they stop carrying over the good parts of the previous game. That always irked me. They would do some cool stuff, and then the next game after it would usually not have that cool stuff carry over. It's just now, finally, that they're uh, let at least, at least keeping the costume changes, a thing that everybody wants no everybody wants to customize a trainer i would prefer that they added age to that too i'd like to make older trainers but you know i get that that wouldn't work with the story even though there barely is one but yeah. like i i just uh yeah so like when they dropped that i think sun and moon you couldn't could you maybe you could maybe they kept that going forward but there's other things they always drop cool ideas they have and i get wanting to add new new things i, I think that's awesome but i wish they would keep some of the good stuff that carrying forward and um, well, again, to their credit, at least they did keep the whole fashion and customization part of it. That that's good. But you know, I'm sure there's a bunch of stuff that they probably could have kept doing. That like people love the bases from Ruby and Sapphire. Again, a game I didn't get into. The secret bases were pretty cool, especially now in a, in a day where people share all that stuff way easier than they used to. You know, have yep. people visit your base. Like there's so much stuff you could do. I just want them to go wild. Just do something interesting. Keep the stuff that makes Pokemon like the, the gameplay mechanics basically the same. I get that you can't change that too much. Don't cut any because people will riot. Uh, but you know, do some some stuff, some more stuff. I don't know if you're gonna like this, but I think that what you're asking is like a Breath of the Wild for Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, sure, might <Smart laughs> as well. I'll take it because Breath of the Wild was definitely different than the rest of the other Zelda games. Except for maybe Zelda 1. No, but it's exactly that. Like, imagine, like, they try to go back to the roots. And I'm not saying do one of those remakes that they do. But, mm. you know, look at the at the core of what's there. Like, you don't need these uh, giant versions of the Pokemon and all that. No, but I hate is, Dynamaxing. It's stupid. Yeah, but, but but the problem is is that it's so heavily marketed. Like, they they need to make, to make toys and all this kinds of, and, and the cards and, you know, all the uh, the other stuff that they do around Pokemon that is very profitable. And I think they they have to keep feeding that that beast, well, right? It's it's interesting because that's kind of a similar issue there is with uh, Super Sentai. As you know, I'm a massive Tokusatsu fan, yeah. and Super Sentai, Sentai, like so, I love I love Super Sentai. I, I watch it as it airs and all that all that wonderful stuff. Same with Ultraman now and and Common uh, Rider and stuff. And they don't do a lot of innovation and stuff too usually. 
it's they got to first and foremost is they got to sell them toys, you know, because especially with with uh, Sentai, uh, mech marketing the mechs and stuff, they only sell the kids. They don't really do like Kamen Rider will do like kind of adult versions of uh, the belts and stuff that you can buy, like you know premium stuff. But they don't do that with Sentai. Sentai is completely focused on selling the mechs and the transformer transformation devices. Sometimes to the detriment of the plot or the show, you know, they every episode almost they didn't do it as much in the older ones. Sometimes there would be an episode or two where they didn't call the mech, but like pretty much ever since like at least the two thousands or mid mid to late. It's always you got to have that five minute mech scene where they basically kill the enemy again, even if it doesn't add anything to the plot at all, because you got to you got to sell them toys. And uh, it's probably right. Like innovation is difficult when you have uh, marketed, you know, different parts of the company demanding that they make money off a certain thing. I see in your notes here that you have The Last of Us. Tell me about it. No, I don't. I don't have it. <laughs> I didn't even realize it came out. I was actually visiting my pal Gino and... Uh, talking about it and i was like oh uh okay uh is that out and so because he got like the backpack or something and and uh i had no idea that that it had come out yeah but that's exactly what i want to talk about like to me it's very notable that you didn't know like why yeah i kind of i'm kind of surprised i don't know i don't know why i don't know because i like the i like the first last of us a lot actually but i think the more stretched out it got the more i just kind of forgot that it was a thing because it kept getting delayed and and also there's all these other then there was you know covid uh that didn't help i just didn't i didn't know i didn't know now i'm probably gonna wait though to be honest uh yeah. to even to even buy it until it's cheaper because i don't uh i'm in no rush to play it to be honest okay the way i notice uh, is that i i get a bunch of reviews of it on my feed like whenever video game donkey posts a video like a video game review i always know that i'm gonna get like a, a an interesting take at the very least even even if i don't agree i usually agree with him but especially of the games that are from platforms that i don't own and that i know i'm not gonna play at the very least i want to know what what's the general consensus right so it was very surprising to me that this guy starts the video with saying that like a lot of like respected reviewers were complaining about it mm, i heard that and i was like whoa isn't this like one of those games that are untouchable right like one of those franchises that are untouchable yeah But apparently it's like pretty widespread that there's there's some sort of a generalized dislike for it. I wonder what it is. Yeah. Although he, he ultimately said that he liked it. And I, I, I was listening to uh Frantic Thoughts. Mm. You know that guy, yeah. right? He was for talking sure. about it and he also likes it, but he likes most stuff, so <laughs> Yeah, I'm in that boat too. I, I'm sure whenever I do play it, I will like it. Uh -huh. I can't imagine I won't like it. I'm I'm not that critical to be honest with you and and i like the first one enough i just i just i just i'm not hyped about it you know i don't uh i do get hyped about stuff still but uh yeah i, I wasn't that hyped about this one i just feel like it was it took too long to come out <laughs> anywho let's we just go to the topic let's do it topic explain the topic and then you could start it sure so the the other day i i stumbled upon like this old metal jesus rocks video mm. you know sometimes the 
the almighty algorithm actually does, it, <laughs> does its job right <laughs> well anyway uh in in this video like uh metal jesus lists uh 10 essential games right that's the mm -hmm. title of the of the video and it's a it's a really nice list and it but it, it it got me thinking about what games would be in my list right right what what games would be essential so i was thinking about this concept of of an essential game like what is it like like how how would you go about you know creating a list because like I intuitively have this idea of which ones are like the the most important, more influential games. But if mm. I have to keep it to five, because I wanted to do Art. U5 and, and also five for me. The way I was thinking about this was taking a look at, at the history of video games, right? Mm -hmm. The different genres and how they've evolved over time. And I was thinking also like you and I are not that old in the scale of, of humans, right? In the scale of humans, that's yeah, correct. But in terms of... <laughs> gaming we've been able to live like through through a lot of it right absolutely they've been a part of our lives our entire life really yeah and one of the things that i was thinking as part of having this essential quality in a game is that it should be representative of both a place in the timeline of of the history of video games and also of the genre right because we have this perspective okay. of like you know the third generation on which is really when yeah, yeah absolutely. when the industry became the industry like in the second generation Oops. before that they would they were huge but they were more like a fad and then the crash happened and all that right? yeah i should explain then because the, my thought process for picking it is a bit different yeah oh that's that's great um, yeah. so like i was trying to think of well genres for sure i was trying to think of it from a modern perspective of people who should play it even now because like there are games that came out that were massive when they came out and if you were looking at it only through the context of, say, 1997, then I would have had Final Fantasy VII on my list, but it's not on my list. Interesting. Um, yeah, so, like, I also chose games that I, I, of course, like and would recommend to people. So there's, like, a, you know, a few... So I tried to get a few different genres, games that I felt are still fun to play today, and uh, games that I like personally and have played. And um, I didn't write down why I picked them. I'm just going to try to explain as we go, but... Yeah, I just uh, I think you might be a little bit surprised by my list. There's a there's a there's definitely things that aren't there are gonna be a couple there that like make sense. Yeah. But I think these are also gonna be a little surprising. And also I did try consciously not to pick a bunch that we have talked about a whole bunch. Um but but even so there there are still some that I just could not uh, omit. So so yeah. What let's get the shindig started then. Before I get to my first game, let me tell you yeah. about my uh, my framework. All right. It's it's gonna be Oh, oh, please! By it's all gonna means. be kind of quick. So, <laughs> more, more organized. So, I look at the problem, at the history of video games, genres, all that, and I, uh, I chose five categorizations. Right? Um, there are different right. criteria. Like the first one is that I reserved at the very least two of the games, two of my five games, to two D games mm. because I think that you have to have two D games. You, you can have all three D sure. or all two D, but at the very least two must be. 2D games. It was a long-standing paradigm through a, a lot of the history of video games. So I, I had to yeah. have them. Similarly, at the very least, two of the five games have to be 3D games, right? It is now the standard and also, you know, 3D enables an exploration of certain aesthetics that maybe they weren't possible in 2D, right? Or, or they just right. express better in, in, in 3D. So I was the first day section, right? was first 2D mm. and 3D. And then I moved into genres and like aesthetics or like the purpose or, or capabilities of what games 
are able to do, right? Because not all games provoke the same kind of thing in, in you as a player, right? And then finally, I wanted to have games that represented different times in gaming and reflected the trends of its oh, times, right? We're in a very different list. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and you know, with five games, you can really do a great job, but, you know, yeah, that was the best try. There's going to be stuff you're going to miss no matter what. There, there, there are genres you're going to miss. There are time periods you're going to miss. And, and uh, yeah, five is not a lot. Yeah. But I still think people should play these five games. They're essential. The first game in my list, in the first uh, type of categorization was, one, I wanted to have a game that is an old classic, right? Because mm -hmm. may, maybe you're recommending these games to maybe someone that is younger and, or a kid or something, and you want to give them like a good idea. Um, mm -hmm. So need to be like an old classic that feels very retro, 2D, of course. And I, I wanted to have a game where all the action happened all in one screen. Meaning, you know, without scrolling. You know, scrolling, it's it comes a little bit later, but before, in for a certain amount of, of time, in the late seventies and the early eighties, you have a lot of this, like very arcadey games that that really don't have a lot of scrolling, right? And arcadey in the in the gameplay style sense of that word, but also literal one. So I want to have an arcade game. That, that's yeah, what yeah, I want right, to say, right? right? So I thought yeah. that the the original uh, Pac Man arcade game that's a great was uh it's a, it's a good game and and you know what there's a bunch of all arcade classics that i would say are also essential right yes throw, throw them out Honorable space Vengeance. invaders donkey kong galaga centipede all of those games are like games that i think they're you should play them but if you know if i have to pick one from that era and from that style of game you, you have to go with pac-man because it's it's very simple the controls yeah. are super minimal in, mm -hmm. in the gameplay itself, it's it's intuitive, it's, it's kind of timeless, and it also feels yeah. very retro, right? Like whenever you want to yep. go into some retro aesthetic. Pac-Man. Yeah, and everybody knows Pac-Man for a reason, because, well, for, it blew up. It was one of the first gaming franchises that really blew up and became kind of international, and uh, it still plays well. It's a fun game. <laughs> My number one, my first one, they're not in order, uh, Metroid Fusion. So I was originally going to put Super Metroid on there because I thought it was like a timeless platformer. As you guys know, as everybody, anybody who's listened knows at least, Metroid, uh, I had, I was lukewarm on Metroid up until two years ago. Then we forced played one for the show, Super Metroid. Yeah. And then I got into Metroid. I saw the appeal. I love it. Um, I, I played through all the 2D ones, and I played through at least one or two of the 3D ones, and I, and I definitely want to go back to them. I guess I kind of keep ho hoping that Nintendo's going to release them on Switch. I don't know why. Um, but yeah, Metroid Fusion to me is probably one of the best Metroid games I've played, just because um, it. I like the story, I, I like the mechanics, um, the exploration. I don't know. It's just it's like every all the Metroid games that we've played, except I just thought it was the most tight version of it, and just an interesting way uh just an i don't know I, i'm not very well versed in, in explaining myself like, i didn't do it as organized as you did but just like the gameplay was to me perfect for a metro game 
the graphics were on par with the uh, SNES one, but better. Uh, they had nice little fun little comic cut scenes that did not overstay their welcome. There's uh, a nice constant threat from the the uh, dark suit. You had it was a logical way to depower Samus and give her new abilities and stuff, and uh, it just captured a great atmosphere and mood for where you're at. The feeling of isolation and being trapped. Like I thought it was even better than the first game, and uh, yeah, I just really, really, really love Metroid Fusion, uh-huh. and and uh, of all the Metroid games I've played, it's probably my favorite. And I just think everybody should play it. And I never got the hype before. I'd always hear people recommend Metroid and Metroid Fusion and stuff. And I'm like, eh, I don't really feel like playing it. But man, I love this game. And I think people should play it. I'm pretty sure you can... Well, if you're a uh, 3DS ambassador, then you should have this already on your on your 3DS. If you wanted to introduce someone to the Metroid franchise, this is where you would start them? I don't know. Yeah, I would. Because, you know, the story is kind of background to everything else in the Metroid game. It's like most Nintendo games. There is a story there, but... It's not so in your face that I feel like you need to have all the context to enjoy the game. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I, I I played Zero Mission after this, which is the very first Metroid. And this one's kind of considered the fourth Metroid in the series unofficially. And uh, I didn't I didn't feel lost playing Fusion. As a matter of fact, my order of playing Metroid games was uh, the remake of two Super Metroid Fusion. Uh, uh, first mission or Zero Mission, sorry, and then uh, Prime. So uh, all over the place. But uh, yeah, I never felt lost playing Metroid. It pretty much sums it up. All, all the games kind of take place in their own area, you know? Like, even Metroid Prime has has Samus going to a new planet and doing shit there that's unrelated to the rest of the Metroid games, you know? I don't I don't think any of them... Maybe maybe the um, the Wii one, that might have a little more... What is it, what's that one called? Shit, it's escaping me. Well, anyways, the the Wii one that no one liked. Uh, I think that might have more of a tie to, to some of them, but yeah. Anyways, Metroid Fusion, if if I was going to have to play any Metroid game, and you should play at least a Metroid game, it would be Fusion. The second game on my list is also a 2D game. And in this case, because I had to have at the very least two 2D games, like one, as I said, yeah. you know, very retro style kind of arcade game, one screen. So the next one need, needed to be the big 2D paradigm, which is a platformer, right? Mm. So with scrolling and all that. And ah, I struggled a lot. I, I it, it had to be a Mario game. And I okay. think, and this is hard, right? I went with Super Mario Brothers 3. Oh, great. I love that game. Because I think it's in the sweet spot. There, there's tons of 2D platformers, right? You could even say there's there's better 2D platformers than this one. But for this list, I don't think that better necessarily is the right way to go. And I'll explain why. I wanted to have a game that was uh, pure, right? Without that many bells and whistles. But it was developed to a point where it could resemble more evolved games, right? For right. example, Super Mario World, which I, 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 my mind was going to Super Mario World. But you could say that Super Mario World is a worthy sequel. It's also a classic. Uh, to many, it's even the better game of the two. But in a sense, I don't know if you would agree with this, but it's a re-exploration of ideas in Super Mario Brothers 3. 
it's a very it's the closest thing at this time to a sequel between the Mario games. Like three and World feel the closest tied together than say one or two or two or three or one or three. Yeah. If that makes sense. Although although I would argue that Land Super Mario Land and Super Mario One are also pretty pretty linked together in terms of aesthetics and the way they play and stuff. But, yeah. but would you agree that if, say, you had a great imagination, right? You could imagine Super Mario World from playing Super Mario Brothers 3, mm. which is something that I couldn't really say about the original Super Mario Brothers in relation to Super Mario Brothers 3, right? Right. There's not. There's such a big jump that you wouldn't have seen any of that coming. Yeah. So from from its time and from the gameplay systems and even like if you play Super Mario Bros. 3, you get a really good idea of the whole genre. And it's kind of like that sweet spot of it's it's still the 80s. Yeah, had a movie back in it. it like it's it's a great ambassador of its time, right? Absolutely. Man. Dude, I, I was a kid in North America at this time. And I remember fucking uh, Happy Meal toys having these cool Mario 3 things, the cartoon, the comics. I was in to Mario 3. Mario 3 was like one of the first game uh, games that I got into besides just the game, like everything surrounding it. I loved this title. I loved everything surrounding it. I, when the Super Mario Brothers Super Show finally started going on to doing Super Mario Bros. 3, I was so hyped for that. I don't know what it was. I love the, the Tanuki power-up more than anything else. I just, man. Yeah, I was uh, whew, into that. Spider-Man for the PS4. Did you see that coming, Seiji? No, not at all. So I was thinking about when I was making my list, I'm like, I have to have, definitely have at least a one modern game, one big 3D game. I thought about God of War, The Last of Us, and um, just, you know, games like that. And I, I was just thinking, though, like, none of them were really, I couldn't pick one because they're all they're not the same but they all have the same kind of feeling but then i thought about spider-man and the things about spider-man that i really like and one of the things i like the most about spider-man is the movie the game is i thought it adapted the spider-man mythos better than all the movies has so far like it just i thought it was a better movie a better spider-man movie than all the other movies but the gameplay is fantastic because you feel like spider-man you're in this giant sandbox playground of of manhattan and it has like the feeling of, of the comic books, but also the feelings of the movies. It's its own story and and has its own story arcs, like a really, really good story. Like the way they, they use Doc Ock and Aunt May and Miles Morales and like and uh, it just also B or C characters from the comics like uh uh what was her name? Uh not the, uh Watanabe. She was uh the she was a, a character in uh, the two thousand to two thousand actually like 2005 to 2015 she was used a lot in, in spider-man anyways characters like that a whole bunch of really fun villains like some that you recognize some that are again b-listers and like it's just a fun game well balanced there's so many things to find so like there it has all the stuff that you'd expect from an open world uh missions side missions collectibles it's spider-man so there's a ton of costumes it respects its source material it presents well it is one of the best 3D games I've played. It's modern. I I think this game is 
essential to play if you like superheroes in general especially if you like, like spider-man it's a no-brainer if you like superheroes and get in action games and you're gonna have fun like it's fun to swing around the city like people will spend if they pick up this game that's the first thing people will do and it, it can last a long time you're just having so much fun web swinging around doing cool flips getting low to the ground going as high as you can and and oh man the game is just so good i forgot how great it was because there's so many great games that you play as as you know i play a lot of games but uh yeah i, I think if if i think everybody should play this game it's so good and unless you hate spider-man like i'm not a but even then because i'm not a big fan of batman i don't traditionally like batman but i like the arkham city game that the one i played and i like the uh detective vr game that you played as batman so I didn't even like Batman, and I still enjoy those games. So I think you could even have fun playing a Spider-Man game. And it's so self-contained, you don't need to know anything about the franchise to enjoy it. Oh man, it's so good. And, bonus, it also ties into the comics, because the comics have these multiverse events to shit, and then this Spider-Man shows up in those. It's so cool. Oh man, love this game. Dude, you made me want to play this game. You, I wish you could. I feel like I the, the PS4 is, is really important. It is, for sure now that we're moving towards like the next generation looking mm. back at this generation there's been a lot of really really good games and a lot of them Absolutely. in the ps4 and i feel like that's a huge like hole in my in my education yeah i, I i'm really glad that i got a playstation 4 on here I, uh yeah spider-man i can't think of a better game off the top of my head that's a great representation of this generation and i, and I fucking love that game Before I move away from 2D games, so I ended up having mm -hmm. three 2D games, but it wasn't because it was a reserved spot. It was more because there's this one huge genre that can't be ignored when it comes to to what's essential fighting games. Game, right? Oh man, I, 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 I guess I, guess I only it? have five, so I had to not have uh, uh, fighting games. No, I, I'm talking about. I don't either. Uh, I, I'm talking about <laughs> RPGs. Oh, okay. You? Yeah, I mean, if if I had to, <laughs> I have if I had too, to introduce someone that doesn't really know, yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and I want to show them, like maybe it's not a kid, maybe it could be a kid, but maybe it's someone also that hasn't given gaming an opportunity. So I want to give them as as varied a menu as possible, right? So I, I mean, I'm not as knowledgeable <laughs> as you when it comes to this genre, right? I do love a few of them, and the Captain Tsubasa. I got, sorry, just reveal it. I got. I got. No, it's going to be much simpler than that. I mean, I, okay, okay. I mean, thinking about it, and, and, and while this game might not be oh. the most representative of the genre in terms of, of, of the tropes oh, in okay. RPGs, okay. I think it does a I great job at showcasing what's in the heart of RPGs to me, which is the, uh, right. the progression systems. Of course. I, 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 I think I know. So I chose Pokemon. Yes. Pokemon Red and Blue. Of course. Right. I, I was really torn... In, in really choosing my, my, my favorite one, which is the fourth generation, because I think this is th that is well, starting from there, it doesn't really have the uh, the problems that I that I have with the with the combat systems, with the with the types and all this. But I mean, ultimately, if you're just gonna play a game, get introduced to the genre, and not go super deeply into the systems, and maybe as I'm thinking about it, playing competitively. Like you, you, you can play the first Pokemon game and get a really, really good idea of yeah, of course. what all the games all are about. And 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 really, like I, I want to introduce a game that represents a certain aesthetic that leads you to better games, right? I think this is a great start. This is a really uh, 
good representation of what the RPG means to me anyway. I'd be curious. Okay, so I wind up not putting a Pokemon on my list, which was really great because that means you did. Um, and I, I'm my I was going to put Gold, Silver, Crystal, and I'm curious to why you would pick Red and Blue over uh, Gold and Silver because Gold and Silver is like Red and Blue but better in every way. Yeah, and and I'm gonna have this problem in <laughs> with, with other ca- categories. <laughs> uh, I was thinking about like I would go with uh, as I said with Diamond or Diamond and Pearl because I like those mm-hmm. better, but that that is not the purpose of 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 introducing this game like the purpose is is hey you don't know about rpgs right so okay, okay. this this one is a good one to start and it's going to show you it, it's more bare bones i think that in gold, gold, gold and silver something that does really well is the the story part of it right how you progress yeah. in in like it's it's a better version of pokemon but it it maybe it's not a better version in the sense of being an RPG. It's just a better game in in, in a bunch of different dimensions, right? The most yeah, notable being I think. like the, the story and that uh, thing at the end where you go and re-explore the first game. And, and part of what makes that twist in the end work is that you play the first one, doesn't it? Absolutely. That, no, that's true. Uh, of course, you would you would still be excited by it, but it would not be the same weight as, as if you hadn't played the first one. But then there's also a few other things that Gold and Silver adds that I think well, we, we both agree that Gold and Silver is a better game, but like the day-night system was, oh man, so fantastic. And the fact that it goes off your real-world time, I, lo- I love that. Like catching Pokemon at night or getting up in the morning to catch them was so exciting. Mm-hmm. The cell phone system so that trainers would call and re-challenge you so you can get some you know better trainer experience at night. Like, or I mean, better training experience when you fight them again. And also you, you're forging these, these quote-unquote connections with, with NPCs that you would always walk by and no other game has done this since. No other Pokemon game has done this since. Sorry, like these these trainers that you don't give a shit about, you don't care about. Maybe the shorts guy in Pokemon Red and Blue, you might because he loves shorts. They're comfy and easy to wear. But you know, Sil- Gold and Silver, you you would have these calls from trainers like, oh, I remember this trainer back on Route Two. I'm gonna fly over and challenge them again. Like that part. Oh man, I don't think that gets enough praise for the, for the series to be honest. Also. In Pokemon Gold Silver, you find out that you eat that people eat Pokemon. <laughs> Didn't know that. Yeah, the so Poketales are a delicacy. <laughs> but no, I, I, think, I think Pokemon Red and Blue is a great choice. So don't get me also, wrong. Also, I think that we're not introducing in this case, in the case of of the other two games, also in my list. I'm not a, I'm not just introducing games as as being good, but also they have some cultural meaning. Right. If you go back and look at these games in its time, they're huge, right? They yeah, they, they left oh, a huge yeah. mark in, in popular culture. All three of the ones you chose so far. And I think the first one had a, a, a little bit of a larger footprint in terms of in, in popular culture than the second one. Well, the second one of course is right? is huge, but Pokemon was, was already yeah. Pokemon. It was piggybacking off of the success of, of that one. Like it would it's already yeah, the first one. The first one had to earn the uh, the fan the fans that it has the, the the presence that it had because it had nothing to go off of. Whereas Gold and Silver didn't have to earn the following. It had to keep them. That that's important. They could have done a shitty game and then and then Pokemon could have crashed and burned right there. But like, yeah, there's there's definitely something to be said about the fact that the first game is what built that insane franchise following that still continues to this day. But I, I do think that. If, if if red and blue is essential, then it's essential that you play gold and silver after. 
Rob's next game here. You guys are going to be shocked by this. Super Mario World! <laughs> I, of course. You know, I love this game. Uh, and yeah. why, why wouldn't our list have two Mario games? Why, why not, right? <laughs> uh, yeah. We already kind of brushed over it, unfortunately, so I don't have much to say. But like, um, So Super Mario, th- I played all the Mario games growing up. I started them in order. I was super hyped for three. Super Mario World was the first Super Nintendo game I ever owned. I got it with the Super Nintendo. I played the shit out of this game. It is the game, the first video game that I can recall ever beating. Uh, I can even, if I close my eyes, I would have been in grade three. I can even see where I was, where I was standing. The room, I can see the room. The place doesn't even exist anymore. But I can, if I close my eyes, I can see everything around me as I was finishing this game. Uh, and the game is just so fun. It's so fun. It has secrets. The progression is perfect. Like you can play it in a linear way, or if you get good, you can you can kind of jump around. There's secret worlds, all kinds of power ups, and it, it improves on the system from before. Like the ability to kind of pre well, Mario three had that too. Actually, the ability to like pre uh, had a, like a list of items that you can bring to level. But then Mario World had the the one where if you got hit, it would drop down your power up. So it kind of gave you a second power up throughout the stage, which is pretty cool. It had the Koopalings introduced. No, no, it didn't. That's Mario 3 again. Sorry. Jeez, uh, I get the two mixed up in my head a little bit. But cause to your point, like, I, I do think I almost kind of agree that Mario 3 might be a little more essential in a way. Uh, but it's only based it's on different. off of impact, right? Like, because your list setup is different than mine. Mine is like, yeah. which games do I think you should just play versus your, your list of essential games in historical context? So mm-hmm. in that respect, I do think that Super Mario World is still better than Mario 3. But it's not as big a leap from Mario three as say you know Mario two to three for example. So so that so I guess that in a way it took away some of my fire from Mario World because I do think that three is good too. I don't know, but but the cool things about Mario World that that that's different than three is I like how they blended into one giant world map and you had your each zones and stuff. That oh, was that's cool. beautiful. Yeah, and the way you could go back and like take out those block kingdoms and then that would make new paths appear. Like mm-hmm. most worlds have multiple paths. I, I remember getting stuck for ages in the Forest of Illusion. I can still hear the music in my head. So I'm, <laughs> trying to figure I, I'm my hearing way it out. right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> then there's like the, the the bridge. So I like the I was thinking of the, the the bridge area, or you could take the bridge, or you could take the lower part. And like, there's a sense of wonder and exploration, almost almost to an RPG point of like ex- exploration that you wouldn't expect from Mario game. Mario games are especially back then were traditionally very linear. Uh, even though Mario 3 let you pick a few different levels here and there, there wasn't like, and there were some secrets, like the behind the block thing is a classic, but and the warp whistle and all that, but I, I, I think Mario World felt a little bit more like, well, it's in the title, right? You're exploring one world, and it just sets up a lot of, like, tropes and, and characters and stuff that continued on throughout the series. Mm-hmm. And um, I think, I do think that it wasn't as big culturally as Mario 3. I think Mario 3 had a little bit more I just think of the wizard and all the advertising and stuff. I know that Mario World had a lot of that too, but yeah, I don't know. Both games are great. It's you should play both of them. All right. What's what? Let's hopefully not be redundant. What's next on your list? Oh, I don't think we're gonna be redundant. 
uh, from here on. <laughs> <laughs> this one is a bit of a, a bit of a doozy. So I have to move on to like 3D games, right? And yes. And when you when you think of of the history of of games, when they moved to 3D, the the big catalyst, I think, was first person shooters. Oh my god! I, I think I already know what game you're gonna pick. And, right, and like I know that. immediately when you think history of video games, first person shooter, yep. your mind goes immediately to Doom, right? No, nope, not me. But but yes, Doom would be the right choice. I think yeah, Doom or maybe Quake. Oh yeah, but, Quake. Yeah. But they're so old school. I feel right. The modern first person shooter uh, boom with a different different one. I don't think that Doom or Quake would be a great place to start anymore because. If you play a modern one, it will almost be like playing a different kind of genre. If if you're just being introduced to it, really good. I would recommend people play that. Oh, they're, I mean, they're amazing. <laughs> I mean, uh, so my, my favorite game in uh, in the first person shooter space is mm. Half Life Two. No question about it. That is my favorite, and I think that's the best game. The problem with Half Life Two is that Half Life Two is less about the shooting. Less about the language of a first-person shooter. Mm. It, it's more about the story, the progression. And, you know, it uses the first-person shooter mechanics as a vehicle for for something else, right? And it does so brilliantly. But imagine you give, like, Half-Life 2 to someone that hasn't played a, a first-person shooter. And I, I think we, you'd probably be doing them a disservice by, mm. by telling them, hey, this is what the genre is like. So... I ultimately decided on Call of Duty. That's what I thought. Yeah. I remember I remember you like those games. I forget that often, but because everybody's always like, wait, Seiji's into those? But I remember, I remember, yeah, that's cool. So which one did you pick? I had to go with Call of Duty 4 Modern Warfare nice. because I think that that's kind of like the cornerstone of the modern, like, the, again, the, the sweet spot, right? You mm-hmm. Before Call of Duty 4, you have Call of Duty 2, for example, that is a great game but it's also it's kind of like a transition game into more like the fast-paced kind of like shooting style that you have nowadays mm-hmm. of course the genre has evolved but if you play i think call of duty 4 uh, modern warfare or, or it's like great sequel that's the one that i actually am more familiar with but you see they still have like uh some, some of the marks of the modern first person shooter they have great graphics controls uh, it also has a, a really good single-player campaign. I don't know if you played any of uh, either of these games. Never the single-player, um, but I've played multiplayer from I think Modern Warfare Two. Yeah, so it's it's great. Like the, the story is good, but it's not it's not so good that it takes over, right? It, you're okay. still like you're focusing on <laughs> on like killing people, right? Okay. You know, getting like the right shoot and you know you, 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 the right click to zoom in and like to to aim better. Like that kind of mentality is not. In Half-Life, for example, it's not about like being super accurate and like twitchy and stuff like that, right? Which is something that is very important in in the Call of Duty series. And, and the multiplayer, right, is there. I don't know if you can still go and play. I think there's private servers that you can play on. Yeah, but the focus here is is first-person shooter. It has some narrative st- stuff, so I think... Uh, and it's also super important, right? It's a big, big, big... Even though we don't talk about these games too much and they have, they have a little bit of a maybe a bad rep like mm. sports games but in in terms of modern gaming you, you can't really ignore this space so i i had to go with this this was more of a 
me putting myself in this spot rather than, hey, you should play these games. I, I do like them, uh, but I wouldn't recommend them to, to everyone. But if I have to give you five essential games, I would put a Call of Duty game in this. Nice. List. Then th this is why it's here. I'd probably put uh, one that still had servers up if I was going by essentials, just so people could play it. But uh, I, I, I know what you mean, yeah, it's funny though. But we, you know, I get you. All right, so my next one on my list might be a little quote-unquote controversial from people who know me perspective, but I had to have an RPG on here as well. Uh, so I, I wanted to pick one that I thought would be the easiest for people to jump into. So I chose Final Fantasy X, 10, which is on everything now. I was going to say it was on PS2. Originally, it's PS2, but you can play it on your Switch, your PlayStation 3, your PlayStation 4, probably your Xbox. I'm definitely on PC. Uh, so... 10 is like my third or fourth favorite Final Fantasy, but it has aged better than a lot of the other ones. Like like I was saying earlier, maybe, I don't know if I was on the show or preamble, but uh, Final Fantasy 7 is clearly my favorite, but it's aged, it's aged way more than others. And so then like, why don't I put, you know, the remake? Because I love the remake. I think the remake is one of my favorite games and and I, I plan to replay it and I really am hyped for the next one. But a lot of that hype, I think, came from the fact that I knew the original. So the reason why I didn't recommend Final Fantasy VII, uh, or the remake of Final Fantasy VII, rather, was because I feel like I couldn't divorce the fact that I had played Seven, which meant there was way more meaning in playing the remake for me than there would be. Like I don't know enough people who hadn't played it originally and then played the, the remake. So I can't say... Because, yeah, I think that's one of the best Final Fantasy games I've played and one of my favorite games in general. But I, I don't really know how... I can't say if it would feel the same if I didn't know all that stuff before going in. As far as a remake goes, it's fantastic. But it, it, it also deviates enough that it references the first game in some ways that suggests that it could be an alternate timeline or something along those lines. So, so then I have a hard time saying I, I can't... I do think it's a, a better game. Uh, but I don't know. But if I had to pick a Final Fantasy that a person hasn't played any Final Fantasy before, and they and I think that you should play a Final Fantasy, uh, I picked the one that I thought was relatively modern, because you it is a it's been remastered and on it's on everything, including the Switch. So really, you could play it, uh, and and it's worth playing. It introduced voice acting. It introduced well, uh, rather it it introduced one of the fun, most fun mini games. So we didn't get any, we didn't mention any sports games really but blitzball is a sports game within final fantasy 10 that's actually quite fun to play um so so there's, there's a little shout out to sports games but like uh there's like lots of side quests there's it's a, a big sprawling world fantastic music a really fun story uh, kind of a bittersweet heartbreaking end probably one of the first ones that i went up crying uh one of the not the first game i went up crying through but it was one one of them and uh the impact of when it came out, like this was the first Final Fantasy for the PlayStation 2. It was a really big jump over 7, 8, and 9. Uh, the graphics still kind of hold up today, especially if you play the remastered one where they fixed the character models and stuff. 
um, just overall, just a fun experience and, and, and still relevant, still accessible. And um, yeah, I, I really love this game. It's, it's, it's a great Final Fantasy. And it's essential that you play it, Seiji. <laughs> this one I've played nothing of. We should, we should maybe consider it for the show. I beat it again. I got, so when they first started doing the, the, re, the remakes of that, it was actually on Vita and PlayStation 3, I think. And I purchased it again for my Vita to play it. And I played through it again, and I loved it. Uh, I don't know if I would play through it again so soon, but I would love to do an episode of for it enough that I would definitely buy it for my Switch and start it again. But I think it's one that we should consider because I think you might. I don't know if you'll enjoy I honestly don't know if you'll enjoy it. I can never tell with you anymore. So what's the what's the last one that you have? It's gonna blow our mind, right? No, no, not at all, not at all. Three <laughs> D game. The last game, you see, you have the three D space. Mm-hmm. I think the most beloved genre is adventure. You know, I I, I hate this because adventure games action adventure. Yeah, okay, because adventure is like Monkey Island, apparently, according to the uh, genre sorting. But you you mean action adventure game, right? Yeah, okay, so like an action-adventure, right? Right. Action-adventure game. Or action-RPG, sometimes. Yeah. Called. But anyway, yeah. I want to have something that has a focus on world exploration, mm-hmm. that has spatial puzzles, not so much like puzzles like in the sense of like Tetris, which is something that, oh, it's a game that I'll, I also consider essential, but anyway. But spatial puzzles that you, where you use weapons or power-ups and all these kinds of things. And you, you, you might already know where this is going. Because I think that the best in this class... The best game ever. ...must be a, a Zelda game. And you know that in Zelda games, I think... Breath no, of no, clearly you would pick, you'd pick Wind Waker, your favorite one. Uh, <laughs> what? Breath of the Wild? The number one game of all time? You picked that? Are you... I Did P1 pay you? <laughs> Breath of the Wild <laughs> is... I think now it's a modern classic... You might agree with it's a good game, like no, how good or bad it is. But something that is undeniable is that it, it, it everybody it, likes it though. It's like, a I large have, footprint already. Yeah, a real quick tangent. Uh, I have a friend. She just got a Switch like a few months ago. I don't think she's played any video games since she was a kid, like uh-huh. no games at all. She got Breath of the Wild and uh, and played through it, and I'm pretty sure she beat it. And got really into it. So even and Megan again never played really any Zelda games and stuff before got super into breath of the wild so there's definitely something there i think which would make it probably the best example of an essential zelda game i think even though it's not my favorite by far to me is very revolutionary but also it's so vanilla it's peaceful right it's tranquil in a, in a lot of ways yeah I, I think it's a great gameplay experience yeah regardless of its place in the in the, in the zelda timeline or the zelda universe or, or whatever and, and you've said it right maybe zelda doesn't have a lot of original components right oh yeah it yeah. borrows from other games and in the case of this list that's great right yeah in this case, that's perfect <laughs> you get yeah. the best in class of a lot of things that are present in other games but it's in in my mind mm-hmm. when you combine all of these things and and give them the craftsmanship of Nintendo that they have there, right? You can give them an, a really old idea and they're going to do something great, right? Yeah, I, I generally agree with that. 
this is the best in that kind of space. Like I want to have Minecraft, for example, which mm. touches on a lot of the things that I'm saying. But Minecraft, it's it's Minecraft, right? Yeah. It's not anything else but Minecraft. You know what I mean? I would definitely prefer Zelda of the two. Uh, it's such a, a a unique experience where Zelda is also unique, but it has a, a stronger connection to what I think I'm trying to do with this list. Yeah, no, I get exactly what you're saying. It's touching a bunch of different uh, uh, different um, genres and, and like uh, gameplay components that have been done in a lot of games. But if you're talking about a game that does them all well, like Breath of the Wild is a, is a really good example of that. All right, so my last choice might surprise you, but I think it will delight you. Any guesses what it would be? Your list has been a little bit of a wild ride. There's <laughs> so. no theme to mine. I pick what I think are great games that people should play. Tetris DX, baby! A puzzle game. Yeah, uh, oh man, that's great. That's great. <laughs> this was something that was actually missing. Absolutely, and and I have the biggest soft spot for Tetris DX. Now, all Tetris games more or less are fine. They're all relatively the same. More, Some have more bells and whistles. But Tetris DX was the first one that I remember playing. Uh, I also like that it was that it's portable and in color. And I, um, I, I, I appreciate the the health, the mental health benefits of games like Tetris. As a matter of fact, I read this like a few years ago, so I'm definitely, this is definitely like paraphrase or whatever, but, but there was like studies showing that people, you know, with anxiety and stuff, playing games like Tetris and stuff lets them work on a part of their brain that, that calms those symptoms down. And even during some bad anxiety kicks or OCD kicks that I was having, I would sometimes pick this game up and just play it on my like Game Boy SP to, to just zone out and just enjoy the game. And, uh, I remember taking Tetris DXV on like little on like a. I remember we had like a work vacation once together, and I had brought my Game Boy Color with a. Or I brought my Game Boy uh, SP, of course, because this would have been modern. But like that was one of the games I brought with me because I again I love Tetris. So I would play it on like the bus down or whatever, and like, yeah, it's just a fun, relaxing game you can pick up and play very easily. It's Tetris. There's no gimmicks. It's just. It's just Tetris, and it's so fun. Like I think everybody knows Tetris, and and, and if you don't somehow, once you start playing it, you're gonna get it. You're gonna get it pretty much instantly because it's 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 I don't know. It's Tetris, man. It's, <laughs> that's my plug. It's Tetris, man. I'm so happy you have Tetris here. I asked Erica, like, hey, what do you think would be like a good you know set of games for someone that is new to game? And she started she, the first game. She said, well, Tetris, right. Tetris, the, Mario, whatever, right? But she said yeah. Tetris. And I was like, oh, yeah, you have to have Tetris, but uh, <laughs> I went with Pac-Man for that particular space. Like, think about the cultural impact of, oh, yeah. of Tetris. Like, it it, it, uh, it was like businessmen and shit were buying, buying like, uh, Game Boy, the original Game Boys when it came out. That was, like, what some of the people they, they kind of, like, uh, marketed to, you know? Like, kids' games were just for kids and stuff, but people were buying the Game Boy to play Tetris, businessmen in Japan and stuff, and even over here. Like, they even kind of marketed a little bit. That was the whole reason they they packaged Tetris with the Game Boy, because I knew people would buy it for Tetris. And, yeah, I think it's a universally enjoyable game and essential to a gaming list of essential games. 100%. If I had a six slot, I would have had Tetris. I'm very happy with our list. They are... We had no overlap, which is amazing. 
close with Mario, but but barely. Yeah. But you know, either one of those titles would have worked. Uh, so I'm so happy you went with Mario Three. And not all Nintendo games. We have modern games. We have old games. I think this is a pretty well balanced list that was unintentional because we didn't we didn't consult with each other. We purposely went out of our way not to consult with each other to see what we keep up with. Yeah, and we managed to come up with a, a list of ten essential games. Yeah, uh, which That's is only awesome. a title of the episode. Yeah, we did it. I'm so proud of us, <laughs> and it was really fun seeing what we chose. I, 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 <laughs> I'd love to hear people's opinions. Do you guys like like list episodes every once in a while where we we pick a thing like, hey, five games you should bring with you on a desert island, or or five RPGs, or five blah 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 blahs, or and kind of the the idea of keeping it separate from ourselves, you know, so it's so it's a surprise to each other too. I just I think it's a lot of fun. I'm just super happy there was no overlap because you know it always takes the thunder out of the the second person who has to reveal that they chose the safe game. So we got lucky in in that respect. But uh, yeah, it's a, a, a fun looking list of games that uh, I think anyone can enjoy. Or, you know, if, if you hate a specific type, then yeah, there's going to be some here that aren't for you. But try it anyways. Maybe your mind will be changed. No one thought Seiji from five years ago would be, would be playing uh, uh, Phoenix Wright. Oh, oh yeah. Phoenix, Phoenix wrong about that. <laughs> <laughs> Well, that was a good episode. Oh, and by all means, we—I know, we, I know, uh, fan interaction isn't it? I know people listen to us. I always make the uh, you know disparaging comments about having no listeners, and we don't have a lot. But that's that's okay. I, I'm I'm very happy with what we have. If you guys think we missed some essential games, and I know that you do, let, uh, let us know. If if I recall, if I remember when we record next, I'll I'll mention them on the next episode. So you can message me on Discord or Twitter or something. And let me know uh, what games we you think would also be good on this. And we can have an essential honorable mentions list. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening uh, to this episode. It was a lot of fun recording it. Um, yeah. So I guess we'll uh, see you again. This is Rob. And Seiji. There we go. All done.